Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Some people don't approve of the fact that I insist on reporting real news during this Easter week. You know, I'd love to give you messages of saints and positive news in general on the holiest week of the year. But the problem is the news of the hierarchy of the church embracing the global secular order continues, even amid our current time of restricted movement and virtually no public masses. It's almost as if there really truly is an agenda going on that a little thing like our current historically significant crisis won't be allowed to get in the way of. If, you, if you're new to this channel, I want to be clear. I don't like reporting on the negative things that Francis says or does. I actually really don't. Bad priests and bad bishops are much easier targets to report on, and there are usually no shortage of them. But Francis is much more significant, and as such requires attention when he says weird things. Like he did on Sunday that hasn't gotten the attention it deserves from people in our circles because of yet more infighting. Go figure. So let's get into this. Francis endorsed something called UBI, or Universal Basic Income, or at least that's how it's being reported by the secular media. So I'm going to go into what he actually said, and then define what Universal Basic Income is for you, then I'll go over what the church has called for historically to combat income inequality, and at the end I'll let you know what I think. So let's get started. So again, it's being reported that Pope Francis called for the establishment of Universal Basic Income in a letter to activists on Easter. This isn't to be confused with the Ubi at Orbi address he gave two weeks ago that resulted in iconic photos of him in the darkened, rainy St. Peter's Square with the miraculous crucifix, nor at the traditional Easter address, which he also gave. Francis released a letter to activists on Easter, which is weird and troubling enough by itself. You know, I don't know about you, but nothing makes me feel well-shepherded than when secular activists for the religion of social justice get a letter from Francis endorsing their work. For this, we'll get to that noted news source for radical traditionalist thought, America Magazine Online, whose editor is the noted faithful Catholic who has never promoted heresy or gross agendas, Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church. This article is not written by him, however, but by someone calling themselves Kevin Clark. Headline from America Magazine. In Easter message, Pope Francis proposes universal basic wage. Let's get into the meat of that article, which begins with noting that the current global crisis that cannot be named explicitly here for some reason without suffering consequences hasn't affected everyone equally, and as a consequence, it may be time to push for universal basic income. The letter then quotes his letter directly, which I'll do here. Quote, This may be the time to consider a universal basic wage, which would acknowledge and dignify the noble, essential tasks you carry out, Pope Francis wrote. It would ensure and concretely achieve the ideal, at once so human and so Christian, of no worker without rights. It notes in the original text the Pope used an expression, el salario universal, that is typically used in Spanish to refer to the universal basic income. He added, I hope that this time of danger will free us from operating on automatic pilot. 
shake our sleepy consciences and allow a humanist and ecological con conversion that puts an end to the idolatry of money and places human life and dignity at the center. Our civilization, so competitive, so individualistic, with its frenetic rhythms of production and consumption, its extravagant luxuries, its disproportionate profits for just a few needs to downshift, take stock, and renew itself. Pope Francis said that technocratic paradigms, whether state-centered or market-driven, are not enough to address this crisis or the other great problems affecting humankind. End quote. His letter is filled with the kind of talk we're used to from him, some of it correct and a lot of and a lot of it leaving people scratching their heads, especially that talk about humanist conversions and ecological conversions. I've covered that stuff so much it's boring to talk about. If you're interested, see my video on Francis's new humanism for more information on what he means by that. And by things he's correct about, well, all the popes for the past 200 years, and frankly longer, have criticized the idolatry of money. And the majority of them have rejected the technocratic paradigm of statism, socialism, and yes, even capitalism, and have sought a better way, which is outlined by Catholic social teaching, and isn't in the slightest way compatible with econ economic and political arrangements as we have them today. We're given a false menu of socialism and capitalism in the Western world, and, well, the Church sees beyond all of that. But again, that's a topic for another time. Sufficient for now is the fact that a lot of Catholic commentators love to talk about Catholic social teaching, but frankly, most of them get it wrong and try to craft what the church has to say on that to fit a modern, a mostly American image, usually to fit their particular secular partisan leanings, which just doesn't actually work. But again, enough of that for now. So what is universal basic income? There are numerous examples of this, but let's go with the textbook example and then the example that brought this into the popular consciousness recently. Stanford University has a basic income lab. Yeah, they have one of those, and they define it this way, quote, Basic income consists of a periodic cash allowance given to all citizens, without means test to provide them with a standard of living above the poverty line, end quote. Many of you will immediately blanch and say, okay, so it's just another government handout, and you'd be correct in thinking that. According to the Stanford site I pulled this from, quote, UBI has a long history and has been defended from a variety of often overlapping but occasionally conflicting ideological perspectives. Like most proposals to expand the safety net, UBI has roots in social democratic, anarchist, and socialist thinking. Ancestors of UBI were discussed by the likes of Thomas Paine in 1797 in the form of a lump sum granted to all citizens at adulthood. The Belgian socialist Joseph Charlier, 1848, in the form of a territorial dividend generating a regular income, and James Mead in the form of a social dividend in the 1930s and later. These proposals share with recent versions of UBI a commitment to the view that a share of the wealth produced by all in common or by previous generations should be redistributed to all in the form of a direct payment to individuals. In a context of systematic discrimination against African Americans and the resulting widespread unemployment and poverty, Martin Luther King, the Black Panther Party, and James Boggs, all in the 1960s, all considered guaranteed income as a strategy. Meanwhile, feminists, including the Wages for Housework movement in the 1970s, also discussed an income separate from labor as a way to weaken the prominence of the male breadwinner model. UBI also has a footing in neoliberal thinking. The economist Milton Friedman famously defended a cousin of UBI, the negative income tax. 
He held that the negative income tax would raise the floor without negatively affecting the price system and market mechanisms, and that it would reduce the paternalistic and intrusive state bureaucracy required to decide who, among the poor, merits assistance. End lengthy quote. Yes, you saw that right. Milton Friedman sort of endorsed it. I'll add this to my list of reasons why I reject libertarianism as the revolutionary ideology that it is. Notice that many of the proponents argued for it to undermine the traditional family. Don't be surprised by that. Also notice that the Stanford site doesn't really mention that the experiments with UBI in some European countries all failed spectacularly. They will mention that because Stanford is advocating for UBI in a pretty serious way. Yes, that's tuition money going for that research, by the way, in case you ever wonder what your exorbitant tuition at universities go towards. The real-world example of UBI that you might be familiar with came from the Democratic Party's primaries, with the candidate Andrew Yang being the proponent. Yang called it the Freedom Dividend, which I'll say that, unlike most of its opponents, he knew how to push radical proposals by wrapping them in the flag and other positive symbols of America, unlike many of the members of his party today. From his campaign site, quote, The Freedom Dividend is a form of universal basic income, UBI, a type of social security that guarantees a certain amount of money to every citizen within a given governed population without having to pass a test or fulfill a work requirement. Every UBI plan can be different in terms of amount or design. Andrew Yang is running for president as a Democrat in 2020 to implement a guaranteed income. This form of basic income that he is proposing for the United States is a set of guaranteed payments of $1,000 per month or $12,000 per year to all U.S. citizens over the age of 18. Yes, that means you and everyone you know would get $1,000 per month every month from the U.S. government, no questions asked. End quote. Now, where would that money come from? Yang proposed taxing Amazon and similar gigantic megacorporations to provide the money. And yes, you saw that right, that there is no work requirement at all. Logically, this means that many people would simply choose not to work. After all, if you have a spouse or a partner in fornication or roommates, you can pay your rent pretty easily with two or three freedom dividends in one household, with plenty of money for Doritos and PlayStation left over. So what does the church have to say historically on this issue? The church's solution to income inequality and financial insecurity is the promotion of widespread ownership of private property, meaning most simply that as many people as possible should individually own their own land or their own small businesses. That's qualified with as possible because the popes who promoted this, men like Leo XIII and Pius XI, knew quite well that some people are not really capable of caring for land if they owned it or are better served working for someone else which is fine. This took many forms, with worker-owned cooperatives being one proposal that seemed most probable. We see that today in European businesses like Mondragon, or in the U.S. with the growing grocery chain Winco Foods, among others. My neighborhood grocery store is actually worker-owned as well. Workers own a real stake in their company and get a financial reward for it, promoting their own stability. That and the church did call for real widespread ownership of productive land to ensure the livelihoods of people. Numerous theorists took different paths to argue from this, ranging from men like Belloc and Chesterton and Father Heinrich Pesch and Father Vincent McNabb and countless others. Most of these proposals would make Americans uncomfortable, mostly due to propaganda, but also because they aren't really American ideas. The American system is not and never has been built on Catholic foundations, and the writings of the popes of the late 19th centuries through the mid-20th centuries makes that pretty clear. The post-conciliar popes built on this, but 
they began to embrace technocratic solutions, especially Paul VI and Francis. Pope Paul VI famously gave the first papal address to the United Nations, just to give you an idea of his embracing of technocratic solutions. So what are my thoughts? I'd rather take the church's solution. I'm frankly hostile to anything that doesn't involve people working if they're able. The Bible and sacred tradition both make clear that men are built for work. God intended us to work. It's part of the fall of man in the garden, that man will toil by the sweat of his brow for his food. In the modern world, that means numerous things, including people working with their hands or, like I do, with their intellect, to support their families. The UBI proposal is based on numerous concrete realities, including the threat of automation and the scandalous exporting of jobs from the U.S. and similar countries to other places in the world so that the companies could save a few bucks and sell their products for stupidly low prices at the expense of both jobs in the developed world and, frankly, quality of production. Most of that would be solved by the proposals of Catholic social teaching. It'd be really nice if we had a pope who used his massive platform and weird popularity with the world to promote those ideas, but that'll probably never happen in the modern world. If you want to read more on Catholic social teaching, I recommend Pope Leo XIII's Rerum Novarum or Pius XI's Quadrigasimo Anno, both of which you can find on audiobook format on this channel as the place to start. You can email me, and I'll eventually get you a list of decent books on the subject as well, though it may take a little time as I presently have something like 100 emails in my inbox again. <laughs> anyway, let me know your thoughts on this in the comment section. Thanks for listening and for the support of the work of this channel. It is greatly appreciated, and please pray for the Church now more than ever. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.